Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, you're trying to take my <laughs> intro. Hello, hello, hello. We are in studio and uh, me and Shauna, Jeremy is not with us. But we do have some amazing special guests with us in this episode. Yeah. Oh, he he called y'all amazing. So that means y'all got to step up. Yeah. Uh, we are joined today. We're going to do a little special um, podcast today because I just, uh, we've uh, personally been impacted by this. And we just think that there's so many uh, churches out there who just need to really know how to get started and what to do. But we are going to be talking about American Sign Language, about the deaf and hard of hearing community. And even if you don't know anyone um, in your life still, please listen to this podcast because I think it's going to be so important for you just to realize not only how to get educated, but then maybe even ways that God might be calling you or you can encourage someone to lead out. Um, But one of our ABC training centers is Austin Stone Community Church in obviously Austin, Texas. And um, we have a married couple, John and Shelly Bergeron, that are joining us today who have really made an impact at Austin Stone. Um, And so they're going to share a little bit about their story and really just educate us in some statistics and um, and the community and all that type of stuff. So John, Shelley, thank you so much for joining us on Speak the Truth today. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. John, do you want to tell us a little bit about your role at Austin Stone? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, yeah, I guess maybe starting back a little bit of history would be helpful for folks. So we were became kind of connected to deaf ministry through God's calling on our life as a couple to enter into foster care and ultimately adoption. And he brought into our home a little deaf boy who is now our son named Tanner. And as a result, um, as a parent of a deaf child, we were obviously concerned about, well, how does he learn about Jesus and how can he participate in the, the life of the body of Christ, uh, given that there are these communication barriers. And so in a very kind of raw, kind of real grassroots kind of way, we, we got involved in uh, figuring out how do I, we facilitate, you know, Tanner's access to the gospel. And through that, God has just opened our eyes to, to a massive need, you know, in the world. And so we, you know, Shelly primarily was, was she, she's the organizer doer in our relationship, you know, began uh, setting up and providing interpreting initially just for Tanner. And then some of our deaf friends we were making as we were entering into the deaf community wanted to come to church. And so we started providing uh, or working on providing interpreting for the services. And, and that led to Shelly um, learning, getting actually certified as a sign language interpreter and doing a lot of the interpreting. And, and that eventually led to us setting up with another family who had a deaf child through adoption, a basically a deaf church in the college station area, mm. uh, which was a whole huge learning experience. Wow. And then about six years ago, God brought us to Austin and we kind of uh, entered into doing deaf ministry with the church that he brought us to here at the Austin Stone. Um, so that's kind of a quick uh, overview of our journey and our pathway. And, and so right now uh, that puts us in a place where uh, probably our primary ministry is kind of facilitating access for, you know, the deaf community to what Austin Stone is doing. Um, and so that's a lot of that providing interpreting professionally. I'm a psychologist. And so I also work for our counseling center here at the Austin Stone. And so, 
the other part of that is I do see a few deaf clients uh, in counseling and, and work to help set that up and make that accessible for, for uh, our deaf folks, too, to be able to have access to biblical counseling. That's awesome. Shelly, do you have anything to add to that? I would just add in um, the some of the basics that I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of why we felt the need to start a deaf church and uh, became involved is because what we learned uh, a few statistics is when, once we adopted Tanner, when we started fostering him, is we learned that most hearing most deaf children are born to hearing parents. So 90% of deaf children are born to hearing parents. And of those numbers, about between 80 to 85% of mothers typically learn to sign and about 2% of fathers learn to sign. So there's a huge number of deaf children who cannot communicate um, fully in the home in sign language, in their heart language. Wow. So that was one statistic we learned. And then another is that actually deaf people are considered an unreached people group. Mm -hmm. So in the world, there are less than 2% of deaf people are considered believers and that's in america like hold on like repeat that like that's a really big deal yes less than two percent of deaf people in america and around the world are believers i mean that in yep. itself should fire how all many, of us up. how many deaf and hard of hearing people are there in the united states to go just to uh, go in along the US, with that that's a good question i i, I don't well, know an exact number in america in yeah. that worldwide it's about 70 million. less than two percent less than two percent mm-hmm. yeah and, and mm-hmm Related to that, so then you also have very few people who are able to have access to the gospel. And just in a couple months ago, for the first time ever anywhere in the world, a Bible was available in the heart language of deaf people in America. Mm. The whole Bible. The whole Bible. In American sign language. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just a couple of months ago, that was completed. That's incredible because we were actually just talking to a friend of ours and she was saying that um, you're because I was like, I was, you know, again, out of my ignorance, I was like, well, you can read the Bible. So why would you need it in sign language? And she's like, you you pick it up and you learn it so differently um, yeah. to where she is, you know, where she, you can watch it and and do and see the Bible in, in actual sign language and ASL. And right. I just in your thought, heart language. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, she was talking about how that was so needed and such a blessing. Incredible. And so it's like, okay, so 90% of of deaf children are born to hearing parents. So then when you think of that 2%, you also had had shared, I think, a statistic before. Wasn't it like only 10% have heard the gospel in a way that they could understand it? Because of the limitedness of being able to communicate? Right. And having access to the word. um, Right. Right. Yeah, a lot of our friends, you know, actually, or several of our friends, I would say a lot, but several of our deaf friends grew up going to church, but had very little understanding of what was going on because they either didn't have an interpreter or had very poor interpreting. Mm -hmm. And so the the message they got was, was limited and or kind of garbled because there just wasn't quality communication. And so even, you know, Deaf children growing up in Christian families are are you know have a hard time really getting the gospel in an under in an understandable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, we actually how Michael and I kind of got um, uh, kind of more knowledge and and really just our heart was stirred towards this is our son who's nineteen now uh, has a group of friends and one of his friends is a, a young lady she's twenty one who is uh, deaf and hard of hearing and. 
she has great vocal communication. And so technically you really wouldn't know it unless she mentions it. Uh, and she, you know, has, she's been trained to read lips because her parents are also parents who, who did not learn a uh, sign language. And so she had to uh, really, you know, learn how to, to read lips. And then I found out that technically when they're reading our lips, because of how much sound is in, uh, in English, they can really only, uh, pick up what 30% of what we're saying is that a true number that's right that's actually that's for the best lip readers some of them speech readers aren't really good and that is about 30% um, would be the maximum that people would be able to understand yeah and so a lot of times even if you have a deaf person who can speak well it doesn't mean that they can hear or understand Mm -hmm. well yeah and so yeah go ahead sorry I just wanted to back up a little bit because sometimes it also um, will really bother people to think, well, why wouldn't a parent learn to sign with their child? And Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to throw in a few things with that is one, um, doctors, there's a lot of professionals out there who don't provide all the, that don't give them all the options or they say, here's a cochlear implant that'll fix it or a hearing aid. And those things are all great tools, but, um, a lot of times the parents just don't know. And it's a really hard thing to have to learn another language when you're an adult and from the information that they get. So it's not always either that parents should just be, oh, look at how terrible they were that they didn't learn to sign because statistics say most of us wouldn't have, Mm -hmm. right? If it's uh, 80 to 85% of parents don't. So I just kind of wanted to back up with that too, because that kind of sometimes is very offensive to people, but there's also parents who just didn't know or didn't know how to do that the best way, or they're in a place where there's poor educational systems and they don't know either. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's actually a question I'm sure um, people who are listening were asking, and I'm thankful for that. We, Mm -hmm. as we got to know, uh, this girl's name is Allie, as we got to know Allie, um, we also then became aware that even biblical counseling and churches out there really aren't supportive to where, you know, we, Michael and I were just very comfortable, really ignorant in the way of just coming to church, and we're not even thinking of what the church experience would be like for someone who could maybe, you know, who can see, but just can't hear the message. And then how are they, how are they getting that? How are they getting a Sunday service experience? How are they learning God's word? Um, How are they getting help if they need help from a biblical counseling standpoint? And then, so then we started researching and there was like no biblical counseling out there. And even in our area that offers counseling in American sign language. So those who go to school, maybe to be an interpreter, they're not getting trained in counseling. They're interpreting from, you know, a positional standpoint, whether they go to the court system or they actually actually do do it for a church or events and things like that. And so our eyes were just like, really, we just woke up realizing like, oh my goodness, 2%, only 2% are believers. But then even in that standpoint, like how are they getting the biblical counseling, the help that they need, or even the support from the local church? And so what are you, what are you guys seeing out there for that as well? Yeah, well, I I would jump in there and just say that one of the big challenges we see I would say two, you know, one is, is lack of understanding that you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. And most of us are, have not been exposed right. to deafness. And, and that was, you know, the case for Shelly and I prior to, you know, Tanner coming into our life, our son, is we knew nothing about deafness because it's a, what they call a low incidence disability. So there's not, you know, statistically a large percentage of people with this, but there is a massive, you know, communication gap you know, with this group of people that until you kind of get in there and really educate yourself, you just don't understand. And so I think the, the probably the biggest barrier 
to, you know, deaf people being exposed to the gospel really is just a lack of understanding and, and knowledge around the issue, uh, which I'm really glad we have this opportunity to talk on this podcast to help, you know, address some of that. The second one is, is that it does involve an additional amount of effort and finances often to provide access, Mm -hmm. just like building a ramp for folks with wheelchairs. Having an interpreter is what makes the gospel accessible for deaf people. And that, that costs money, not just one time, but on an ongoing basis, whether that's in a counseling office or sometimes at a church service, Mm -hmm. um, that's providing quality interpreting may may have a financial cost. And, And I think a lot of ministries, um, kind of struggle with that, partly because they just don't understand it, and partly because they are part of the reality of doing ministries. We got to kind of follow a budget. Mm-hmm. That's exact. That's exactly right. I mean, we we actually experienced that because through our relationship with Allie, she felt led to go through our uh, training program to become a biblical mm-hmm. counselor herself, mm-hmm. and we were just. I mean, we were ecstatic. I mean, we just love her to death, and so just the thought of her being able to um, not only grow as a believer. And, you know, through the equipped to counsel, but then, uh, you know, be willing to to meet with other women and teenagers um, and, and, you know, being able to provide biblical counseling was such a blessing. But then when we thought of that, like, what does that look like for our training program? Like, what are the things that we're going to need and what would table discussion and role plays look like for her and our training? Mm -hmm. And then that was obviously like you have to get a qualified interpreter and one Mm -hmm. who understands the language of God's word. Mm -hmm. That way it's interpreted well. Well, and um, and so that was obviously our journey. Then we had to to figure that out. We ended up partnering with a great ministry called Sunshine Interpreters, and uh, oh, yes. she loved the mission that we were doing and was very supportive from a financial standpoint. But it's true, you know, you have to pay for the interpreters to come, and and with our training being three hours, you know, you got to do two interpreters, right, because of mm-hmm. um, yep. the time limit. And so, but it's it's a worthy investment. Um, and so, yes. I would agree with that. And also to let people know that it's great, you know, if you can find someone like Araya with Sunshine Interpreting who's willing to help decrease some of those costs, Mm -hmm. but also for people to be aware that those costs are there for a reason. That is a person's job to be interpreter. Yes. And they are an expert in their field. They are the ones there to facilitate the uh, conversation and communication. And so it is important to know that that's someone's business and job as well as it helps the deaf people to know I'm worth it to be able to have someone to pay, Mm -hmm. be able to get the communication needed for myself. Um, And then that's the other thing that can be really difficult with churches is they try to find volunteers sometimes who maybe, you know, learned a little bit of sign language maybe in high school or something, but are not necessarily a qualified interpreter. And so then that's not giving proper access to the deaf people as well. Yeah, just reminds- And that just brings me to, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to, I was going to say to just a couple of these points here within this, these friends uh, that came through our, our son's friends, uh, Allie being one of them, there was another person, our son's best friend, Colton, who uh, is actually finishing his practicum to actually be certified. Um, obviously COVID has, has really frustrated that process. And even more mm-hmm. astonishingly, just in terms of how God is working to um, kind of even with what you guys are sharing and kind of what we're experiencing, like God is is moving on people to actually open up the gospel to this unreached people group. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, Colton, oh, he, he's only been a believer for six months. 
or excuse me, um, wow. about a nine months. So he came to faith through this group and he was already wow. working on signing. And, um, he's actually part of our discipleship uh, group that, that I have with those guys and just, uh, the Lord's working on him and hopefully it being our training program. Colton, yeah. If you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Colton. Well, he is going to be listening cause he's, he's, uh, this is on his, uh, Spotify rotation. Oh, okay. So he's definitely listening, but yeah, but, uh, it's just, it, it's amazing to see how God, you know, much of this conversation's point is how ignorant we are. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. We have, we, you know, we have no clue. And then all of a sudden our eyes were opened up to him. We, we see such a huge opportunity for the gospel. Yeah, so God's just, yeah. God is just bringing people, um, literally into our living room, um, to, to present this. And so, man, we want to invest in it. And obviously what better place than in biblical counseling? Well, and just yeah. encouraging the churches out there that are hopefully listening to this to realize this is a huge unreached people group. Like this is a, mm-hmm. this is an area that's right around you. You don't have to go overseas, right? Just for mission, but right. be on mission for mm-hmm. the Lord, like locally in this particular area. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, ho- hopefully listening to this where they might not have anyone right now, but then start thinking differently. I mean, it was as simple as when we're about to serve dinner and we're getting in our circle to pray right before the dinner. And I'm like, why is he not grabbing mm-hmm. my, why is Colton not grabbing my hand right now? <laughs> and it's because he has to sign for Allie <laughs> for prayer. You're and like, so close your eyes. I'm no, like, wait, what? oh, that's right. Yeah. And so just those simple things. And yeah. then Allie's like, she, she doesn't like to watch uh, Michael. She can't lip read with Michael because he has a beard. Yeah. And, and oh, so, yeah. But then think about I gotta, that. I got to get better at my bilabial <laughs> skills. <laughs> so lots well, of things I we love that. And you guys are in Fort Worth. Is that right? Yes, we are. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, close to you, too, is um, a group of young deaf people who are creating something called the Deaf Millennial Project. I don't know if you've heard about that deaf at all. Millennial no, Project. Uh-uh. Interesting. Deaf Millennial Project. And they're working to reach um, the deaf, you know, they're deaf people in, through digital media and providing biblical resources in ASL. And um, so deafmillennial.com, if you wanted to look there, they're a great uh, resource. And they're young people, so they're passionate and energetic and have a lot of capabilities. And then there's also deaf BibleSociety.com has just a lot of information mm-hmm. about some of these statistics that we were talking about earlier, yeah. um, as well as DeafMissions.com. They're working yeah. on making some movies, and they have the Bible. Um, so there's just a lot of opportunities and information out there. Um, it made me think of one other uh, thing, just as we were talking about deaf and hard of hearing, as you were mentioning these that other people might not know, is that those are the preferred words. Uh, deaf people yeah. prefer to be called, most people prefer to be called deaf, and we call it Big D deaf with a capital D means they're part of the deaf culture um, and use sign language typically. And as opposed to being hearing impaired to them, they're not impaired. There's nothing wrong with them. This is how God made them. Most Mm. of the people feel this way. And um, that's how both of our sons who are deaf feel. This is how they're meant to be. And um, so deaf and hard of hearing are the preferred words, but usually you just ask the deaf person, what what words do you prefer to use for yourself? What do you, how do you mm-hmm. want to be addressed? Mm-hmm. That's so good. John, do you have anything to add to that? Well, well, as she was kind of listing some resources, I thought of one other. There's a, an organization called Door International, mm-hmm. which is a mission organization that really focuses on, you know, training up deaf leaders to reach the deaf around the world. And they have a great white paper on their website called Reaching the Largest Unreached People Group You Never Considered. Mm. And so if you go to Door International, um, they've got some good information in that. That white paper might be something to, you know, it's about four or five pages that lists some of these statistics and then talks about some basic information that's helpful to know and then some strategies for doing deaf ministry. So if there's anybody you know that's interested in, in deaf ministry or just 
educating themselves a little more. I think it's a great starting point along with all the, the places that Shelly mentioned um, as resources. Yeah, that's good. And we'll, everybody who's listening right now, if you're driving, don't worry, you don't have to pull over. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll have all the links to these. Um, I'm so thankful that you guys know all these resources and sharing that with us because I'm, I'm really praying uh, that a huge percent of those who are listening to this podcast right now will just, um, you know, that the Lord will just stir on them to just do the research, mm-hmm. do the work, really lead out in this way, just to, start being involved in certain conversations even like how do we have a deaf community group or you know do mm-hmm. should should yeah. we have interpreters at our service and even if it's just one or two you know put it on our website and let them know that we want them to join us and um or you know like you guys launching a deaf church um mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe there's consulting or things that you could do that you'd be willing to talk to certain pastors if they're looking at doing that as well. Sure. But, sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Michael, do you have any other? One, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to add one other thing just about kind of deaf ministry that a lot of people don't realize. And that is that, that this is a group, particularly your older deaf individuals who, if they have had exposure to church, it's often painful that, mm-hmm. that you have situations where their exposure to the church has been a negative thing where mm-hmm. either they weren't given resource, you know, access or resources they were needed, or we've heard a number of stories where there's actually spiritual abuse that occurs mm-hmm. where, you know, people are, um, you know, blamed for their deafness and saying, you must not have enough faith. That's why you're still deaf. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just a lot of really kind of sad stories about how the gospel was not presented in a beautiful in attractive way to these individuals, sometimes out of ignorance, sometimes out of, yeah, I, I don't know, just some kind of negative attitude uh, or fear of disability. Um, but, but I think that's something that's important if, as we're doing ministry to this group, we have to be very sensitive to that and, and recognize that the, the, the things that are said and how things are handled are going to feel different to them because of those past experiences individually and as a group. Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing I wanted to add to kind of that discussion. Yeah, I do have. I think. Go ahead, Shelly. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, this actually has literally nothing to do with deaf and hard of hearing. It just what? has to do. <laughs> no, it just has to do with, um, I see that you're from West Michigan. So I was curious to know where in West Michigan, cause I'm from Michigan as well. <gasps> Yeah, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, Kentwood, actually. Yep. You are. Yeah, I went to I, South Christian High School. Yeah, I did not. Actually, I I actually finished uh, high school in Cedar Springs, which is not too far from Rockford. Oh, Rapids, yeah. So, yep. <laughs> anyway, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Small world, yeah. That's some good Dutch right there. We <laughs> could play Dutch bingo and find somebody that we all know. <laughs> oh, yeah. She had asked about our motherland. last name, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, over there yeah. in Holland, yeah. We don't sure. know a lot oh, about yeah. our last name, though. You need to... You Van Dyke? Need, yeah, you need yeah. To do more research on uh, that. Yeah, it, t- it took me definitely a good Dutch name right there. I, yeah, I don't need Ancestry.com to do it. To, I'm, I'm glad you nope. say that because when we got married, it took me a whole year she to... She did not like it. She's like, I was, Van Dyke, that's a very strong last name. Yeah. That was very diplomatic <laughs> of you to say. It is. His middle name's Anthony, and I'm like, can we just be Shauna or Michael and Shauna Anthony? That's a good last name. And um, But no, the Lord said, Shauna, you're all in, so let's be all in. <laughs> that's right. So now I'm One a Van Dyke. Interesting... 
one of the interesting cultural experiences as, as I married into the, the Dutch Christian Reformed culture there in West Michigan was going <laughs> to Shelley's little sister's uh, high school graduation. And I'm looking at the bulletin, you know, it lists <laughs> all the names. I'm like, look at the size of the V section. That's crazy. <laughs> like, than, yeah. <laughs> that was just strange, you know, because normally that's a very small section. But yeah. in, in Dutch world, that's a pretty common van this and that's van right. that. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma, my, yeah. Van Bruggen was another name. Well, there you or, go. Yeah. Vander or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. So tell us, anyway. tell us about like Austin Stone. Like what were some of the, what, did y'all have any challenges when you first started kind of going with the church and helping the church? Uh, what are some of the things maybe learning curves our other churches could avoid or learn from? Uh, and just well, kind that of get started. Well, that's a great question. It's yeah. a good question. I think we did. So when we first moved to Austin, we kind of knew we wanted to be going to the Austin Stone because John was already working with the Austin Stone Counseling Center. And so we were with a couple of deaf families that wanted to attend. And there were some struggles, of course. And the struggle was never from people purposely um, not knowing what to do, but just out of not, not understanding and just ignorance, but just because they had no idea what to do. And so it took time, but you know, we've really gotten to a place where we've got some staff who are understanding, but what I think is a really important part is to make sure there are deaf people involved in that and not just be a hearing person, um, hearing led system, Mm -hmm. because that's what we really learned is that with us, we, we wanted to be kind of behind the scenes of helping to support them, but be kind of a connection. So we kind of felt like we were the connection because John already knew a lot of people at the Austin Stone. And then we were able to kind of come along and help support them, but not be the people to make the decisions because that should be the deaf people making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah, so we really, we really saw our role as being advocates and, and educators, I would say is the primary mm-hmm. thing because that is the gap that most churches have, even though there may be a desire and a heart to serve, you know, different groups of people that there's this lack of knowledge that God, you know, in his wisdom had given us through our own struggles and challenges. And so we really felt like, okay, well, our job is to to do our best to educate and help people have the information they need as well as, you know, advocate for, Hey, these are the needs of this deaf community that you're probably not aware of. And so Mm -hmm. we kind of are literally a voice for them um, because sometimes, you know, the deaf community doesn't even know exactly what, what they're asking for because church for many of them is kind of a new experience and they don't even know yet how to fully participate. And so we were kind of that bridge in between these two worlds Mm -hmm. of, you know, both of us having grown up in, church and new understood church life and what that looks like and how to, you know, it, you know, our job is like, how do we translate that into, um, what, you know, what, what meets the needs for the deaf people. And so, so that, that's been a multi-year process where, uh, kind of, we're all learning together and, and we do our best to pass along information, make suggestions. And as Shelly said, our, our number one goal from day one has been to pray for, and do what we can to raise up deaf leaders because yes. we know that's just as is true in any mission, you know, process is, you know, that the, the people of that people group are the ones that are going to have the most impact mm-hmm. um, to in, in that culture. And so that's what we're, we've been wanting to and praying to move toward. And God's really done a lot in the last couple of years, especially in mm-hmm. terms of bringing about some deaf leaders that, that have a real passion for, reaching their community for Jesus. And so that's, that's been huge and really fun to 
be a part of and watch. Mm-hmm. Because as much as we, our lives kind of revolve around deaf people now, we have two sons who are deaf, and I work at the Texas School for the Deaf, and uh, we do a lot, our, our missional community, our small group is with deaf folks. We still ourselves are not deaf. And so as much as we're in that community as much as possible and have been very welcomed into that, we still aren't, we don't know what it's like to live as a deaf person. Yeah. And so that's where we really try to um, encourage and just be a support for them to be the ones to to lead these next generations into being less, being more than, less than 2%. Nope. I said yeah. that wrong. No, yeah. More than 2 more than 2%. Yeah, more than 2%. You know, because yeah. looking at this on the show notes, we'll put all these websites on there, but like the doorinternational.org, you know, where I pulled mm-hmm. it up just now. And again, just reminding those 70 million deaf, 98% is unreached. 2%, you know, are Christ followers. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else you could literally spell it out for all, all of you who are listening that this is a need, like, like, huge and Mm -hmm. and it's like and yeah there's things that we need to put in place and things we need to think through and and, in order to love and serve them to shepherd to care for them well um but it's worth it and so i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm my my cry to you right now if you're listening is to really even listen to this podcast another you know two or three more times and just pray for the lord to say how can i make an impact here it might it might just be as simple as connecting people to us and you know Mm -hmm. maybe if you're in the Austin Stone area, connecting them to Austin Stone Church. If you're any in any area, you know, email me directly at Shauna at ChristianCounseling.com, S-H-A-U-N-A at ChristianCounseling.com. And let's talk more, you know, or, or give them my email to get connected because it's not only those who... Um, are believers who are deaf to try to get them maybe training to help lead out in that. But maybe there are like, you know, people who are teachers or schools of, of, inter- you know, interpreters, if we can get some interpreters mm-hmm. certified in counseling or trained in discipleship, mm-hmm. then maybe they could even lead out and start multiplying. Or if you actually know in your area, you have a deaf church right down the road, um, reaching out to them and talking to their pastor. Cause there's a lot of people who don't even know about ABC and just being willing to, to pass off our information to them to say, hey, have you thought about providing biblical counseling in your church? Have you heard about ABC and getting us connected in that way? Um, or, you know, you starting a training program that hires interpreters to come and and provide that training um, for them. And so anyway, there's all these different ways. I don't know how God's going to specifically speak to you on, on how to lead out in there. But, you know, our encouragement and the point of this podcast is really just to help begin to have the conversation, right? To provide websites and things to help you get more educated. And so, and John and Shelly, I'm just so thankful for just not only what God has done in your family unit, but then how that Mm -hmm. has stirred uh, what you're, you know, doing within your church family and community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, as you were saying that, it just reminded me, one of the things I often share with people that I think is one of the more beautiful parts of our story is that, that God called us to adopt deaf children and the unexpected gift and blessing that we received was we got adopted into the deaf community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that really has been true for us mm-hmm. is that they have been loving and accepting and patient with us in, in just wonderful ways. And that's kind of, as Shelly said, become our primary social world is the deaf community. And, and it's just, it's been a blessing to us that I find, you know, as, as God calls people into that, that will be their experience as well. You get adopted as well into this, 
new culture and, you know, language and all of that. So it's been a real joy for us in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now as we're even on a podcast on audio, we, we need to figure out like, <laughs> right? how are we getting Speak the Truth out there even from that standpoint. So, well, Colton, yeah. I know is listening to this and we'll we, be listening to this at some point so yeah, he can we need your ideas colton so yeah. uh anyway well yeah. john and shelly thank you again so much for joining us on speak the truth to give us um just some snapshot give us some direction on what to do from american sign language and and being able to love and care and serve those who are deaf and, and hard of hearing we appreciate it any final words no all this but that just reminded me of one last thing yeah. is that when you said american sign languages to let people know there are more than three to four hundred sign languages around the world wow. so it is it's not a universal sign language. Mm. A lot of people think it is, but ASL is an actual language and it's not universal. Just throw in that one last No, that tidbit. is, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. That's actually on one of those websites too. So when you see the website in the show notes, there you you'll, go. Yeah, you'll be able to read more about that. That's good. Interesting. And we're available if people do have questions too that we can help with anything that we can do to help. We would love to uh, do that as well. Awesome. We'll put your email in the show notes. So uh, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening and to speak the truth. Yeah, it was a pleasure, guys. Great. Thank you guys for what y'all do. All right, see ya. Bye-bye.